As an OD business owner, there are times in your career when you have to make life-changing business decisions. In this podcast series, I'll talk to ODs and business owners who have insight into how things really work, which can help you rethink your assumptions before making those major decisions to avoid expensive mistakes while optimizing their outcomes. This is the Think Again podcast. I'm Scott Jens, your host, and today's episode is titled Think Big for a Big 2024. Our guest is Big Jay Binkowitz, founder of GPN Technologies and its Edge Data Dashboard Service, co-founder of Kepler Vision, and an overall industry expert, and I think the world of the guy. Jay, welcome to the Think Again podcast. Thanks so much, Scott. Always fun to uh, jammer with you a bit. Yeah. And so let's talk big right away. I know you lecture often on the topic of critical business analysis. For the audience, what does that look like practically? When you do the work, what are you doing when you analyze your business? Well, I got to tell you, the first thing, you know, if, if someone were to call me up and say, hey, Jay, I want you to take a look at my business. All right. First thing we want to see is a P&L. Um, but we also know that a P&L only tells a very small micron of what's going on in the business. And depending on how that P&L was set up, our friend Mick Kling does a great job of teaching people what a P&L should look like. Um, but to that extent, it's, it's P&L first. And then after we get to the P&L, then we need to dissect it, peel back the layers of the onions and say, OK, how did the numbers get to the P&L? Where did they come from? So generally, you're going to go to for those who have the GPN dashboard systems, we're going to use that or um, what other system we can to understand what their actual cost of goods are, what it was in the optical, splitting out the business, the optical versus the clinic, understanding their labor in those two separate profit centers, under, understanding their cost of operating in those two separate uh, profit centers, not to look at the business uh, holistically as one entity, but to look at it uh, from the vantage point of its multiple profit centers and breaking down the cost of operation, the cost of goods, the cost of labor in each component of the revenue generation machine of that business. Buried in there is an incredibly important point you're making, and that is that you almost can look at the eye care business itself as an amalgamation of small business units. And I know docs do clinical versus product, but you would take it so far as to if they have a specialty in something that becomes another business unit. Is that a hundred percent, you know, and, and even, you know, we, we buy, we, we have the uh, amazing technologies available to us today relative to special testing equipment or special products or specialty lenses, or maybe we have a, a dry eye practice or a glaucoma oriented practice. I would literally segment out the service and the equipment and technology used for those specialty services to understand that revenue generated for the business. So yeah, 100%, it's an amalgamation of multiple revenue resources within a business. So then what about on the expense side? If you've got five or seven staff, but one of those people or two of those people is working in a couple of those areas, do you in that critical analysis then take part of their salary and benefits and move that expense into one silo versus another so you're sure to analyze that business unit correctly? Right, uh, 100%. So, you know, if you think about it this way, uh, first, you can you can look at it from the perspective of people hours, you know, um, and so how many people hours are being dedicated to supporting this service? Then you could break it out 
And, you know, you could say, what's the average wage being paid into practice? That's a very simple way of doing it. You know, it takes 12 people hours a week to take care of these services. The average rate of pay in the practice is X, 12 times X equals what it costs me. That's a very simple, straightforward way to do it. Or you can literally say, you know what, John's working that two days a week, but he's working over there three days a week. I'm just going to split them up. Uh, so lots of different ways to look at it. I wouldn't get too caught up in the nickels and dimes of that. Don't get caught up in 20 minutes here or 30 minutes there and just, just focus on the dollars. Yeah. I mean, fractionalizing it that, that tightly wouldn't make sense, but for an example, an optician who does essentially a day a week, maybe 20% of their job in back office activities related to billing as just an example, then that becomes an important separation of that cost to the proper center. Well, and that's that's, huge. That's huge that you just said that one of the, most significant things I've talked about for decades is taking the administration off the back of opticians. Go hire someone for $15, $17, $18 an hour and let them do the administration and let your optician, who you're paying $30, $40, $50 an hour, go generate revenue. So I love to say how much of someone's time is spent generating revenue and how much of their time is spent in the back office losing money. I almost spit my water out when you said that. And I think that the audience might have as well, because almost every ECP business owner is doing that. They're putting these multitudes of of responsibilities on people. And that's a really clear way to tell them, stop it. No, completely. It is is such a foolish thing to do. And by the way, the administration part is actually the simple part. Teaching, I mean, young folks today, they look at a computer system, they learn it in 10 minutes, right? So you could teach someone to send in an order or or go through the jobs, whatever the case may be. That's a quick training. They don't have to know what a lens is. They don't have to know what a prescription is. They don't have to know any of those things. You just tell them, press the button. Uh, but yet we're paying people that we pay $30, $40, $50 an hour to to do $17 an hour work. All right. That's great. I, I came into this conversation half thinking that I wanted to leverage a business advisory phrase that I use. I, I will often tell people, you know, define your main thing and focus on your main thing. And I was going to ask you for ECP businesses, what's the main thing? But I wonder if now that's we've just belied the idea that there is a main thing. But if I was to say to you, you know, what do docs miss most often in their business ownership? What is the big thing or the main thing they miss? Is is there a, a thread of consistency from your experience? Very good question. Um, and the answer is, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, big yeah. Um, so uh, the most significant uh Uh, area that doctors miss and makes them so extraordinarily vulnerable. It is the Achilles heel of every practice, by the way, is every time a doctor has said to me, John and Mary, so they take care of that. I'm not quite sure how it works. As soon as they say, I'm not quite sure how it works. I know they're out of control. That is the worst thing anybody could ever say. I don't care what it is in your business. If you're at a stage where you really don't know how something works in your business, it doesn't mean you have to be the expert at it. But if you really don't know how something works, you're no longer in control of your business. And you are now being held hostage by everybody else in your business. You're not running your business anymore. So do they put themselves in that position because they think they're empowering other people and they're being the CEO, right? We get a lot of advice about be the CEO of your business. Because I mean, as a CEO of my business, I maybe couldn't do every task, but I understood every task. And I get your point. Yeah. And and so it's not about 
I don't believe it's about empowering. It's about, oh, thank God I don't have to worry about that now. I don't even have to think about it. It doesn't have to take up any more space in my brain. I don't know, you know, you know, even if they only get it 80% right, that's good enough for me. You know, it's this whole get it off my plate thing. And, you know, and that's okay because if you're going to run a business, you can't do everything. But, to, you know, in our world of running these practices, you know, a, a very dear friend of mine, Jack Gagnon, uh, who I who I worked with for uh, many years on a board, he used to say, Jay, it's just two sticks and two holes. Why are you making it so complicated? You know, and, and I take that uh, in everything I think about. And he's right. You know, we make things overly complicated. But you know, uh, they may not have to know every button in their third-party bolt-on marketing uh, uh, technology. They may not know every feature, but they should understand what gets done, how it gets done. If someone doesn't show up for the day, the ship should not sink. And the problem is, and this is why I say it's Achilles' heel, and, and we're being held captive, these folks are being held captive, is because if people don't show up or they need to change people, their businesses sink. That's how poorly... Uh, uh, they are not interconnected. You know, it, they, everybody in the practice should know how to do everything as far as I'm concerned. Mm, that's good. So we're getting toward the end of 2023. And of course, particularly on December 30th and 31st, all the, the really lazy journalists do stories about New Year's re resolutions and, you know, people are going to exercise more. They're going to change the way they eat and, and, it feels like when doctors do their contemplation of business improvement, it's kind of like that. They do it just because it happens to be the end of a year. Maybe they're meeting with their accountant, so they have to do their frame inventory once in the year. I'm wondering if if you see the same, that these year-end activities are rarely followed up on with effort. Am I wrong about that, or is the norm that people I would don't say the majority work? of folks fit that bill. I have met folks that take their pre-year planning very seriously, but the majority, the biggest part of the bell curve is, is um, you know, they have a wish list, but it always remains as a wish. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no, no question about that. And it, and it's difficult. And, and time, by the way, is the single largest excuse for people not uh, starting or completing initiatives time. And, and really, it's a statement of time management. You know, So they'll say, I don't have the time. And what will co uh, coincide with that is, you know, we're shorthanded. We don't have the people. Oh, we have the people, but they're not trained well. Well, how are they going to get trained since you never allocate any time to training them? Right. And, you know, what are we going to do about what? How do we how do we get off the merry-go-round? Um, and 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 actually stop the cycle that takes place with the lack of training or you not having time. I you know I used to do things very simple. I used to say to my docs, you know, your office managers are way way overwhelmed. You know, you need to find two hours a week where they're left alone. Can you find just two hours a week where your office manager is allowed to go into an office, shut the door, and be left alone? If you can't do that then don't complain and cry to me that your business isn't running well, that you're not profitable enough and you're not growing because that should be the simplest thing to do. And of course, Neil Gelmard and so many others have said so many fantastic things through the years about running your business, being the CEO of your business. And, and you do that by allocating time to run your business, you know, work on your business, not in your business. And now you've heard that ad nausea from a million people. 
but it's true. So, you know, if you're caught up in the rat race or you think by doing another exam each day, it's going to make you more money versus spending time building your business, you're wrong. So give us a concrete example of something that somebody can be doing well before December 30th. So this isn't just a, a New Year's resolution activity. Is it looking at Q1, Q2, Q3 reports right now so you're ready for a year-end analysis? I'm just making that up. But can you give us something concrete that can be done now as we think about analyzing 2023 so we're ready for 2024? But, you know, I love that. Uh, I would encourage people to look at Q1 and Q2 of 20, uh, 2023 against 2022, right? What happened 23 to 22? And if you had some growth, um, what took place that allowed you that growth, right? You know, let's let's try to isolate and understand, you know, and diagnose a little bit about what took place historically, you know, do how many people did you have on staff? Um, you know, what uh, what was the level of training those people had? Who was doing what when you had that growth? Now, if the opposite happened and you went backwards in Q1, Q2 of this year against previous year, well, what was missing? You know, what was the were you short people? You know, were were, were you on too many vacations? Um, you know, what took place, you know, that you can identify there was a change. Um, did you invest properly in marketing? Uh, are you into your Google ads? You know, you know, there's so many influences on growth in a business. So I would take this moment to look back Q1, Q2 this year against last year. Note all the differences, good, bad, and indifferent, and then make a plan from that moving forward. If something happened good, you want to make sure it continues to happen good. If something happened bad, you want to make sure you don't repeat it. That's how simple I would make it. Okay. So, I mean, we're telling docs that you actually have to invest time in working on your business. The admin time that you that you have in your schedule actually do business work. Um, I get all that. It just comes to me to think that a lot of doctors have thought, thought about the end of the year as a time to revise prices. Do you have a point of view about that exercise? Yeah. It's the, it's the easiest way to think that you're going to make more money and not do any more work. Right. It's the excuse of saying, I don't want to work anymore, but I want to make more money. So let me just charge some more money. You know, uh, instead of understanding that you need to get your conversion rate up or you need to probably look at your schedule and see your cadence of patients and the type of patients or exploring uh, alternatives in, in uh, you know, advanced uh, medical care, you know, um, you know, which AMC is like, you know, the big the biggest buzzword you can have in your in your mouth right now. Um and and so or, or look into marketing, you know, your fees, it's it's just a lot of people actually the opposite. They haven't changed their fees in years. Right. You know, I, I see a lot of that. But if you're the one who says, hey, I'm not going to do anything different. I'm just going to charge another five bucks. All right. Well, you know, you may or may not make more money. <laughs> That's really well said. Uh, you mentioned doctors taking time away, right? There, there's everyone's at a different point in their career trajectory. The newer docs understand they got to be more cautious and thoughtful about their vacations. The owner says, "I'm going to take vacations. I deserve it. I'm owed." Do you have any strategy about building a a thoughtful approach to how you take time off in 2024? Well, that's that's a really good question. If 
if you're in the early stages of business ownership, you don't deserve time off. <laughs> Let's get something straight. You go pay your dues like everybody else or you're not going to get anywhere. And if you think by working part-time in your business, it's going to grow, all you own is a kiosk. You, you own a satellite office. That's all that's ever going to happen. Uh, it's called a turkey, a turkey. Um, that being said, those who are really committed to their business and they're working six, seven days a week because they're working when the office is closed. They're staying till midnight to shuffle the papers and make sure they know everything that's happening in the office. You know, those folks kick butt. Those folks are investing time. Yes, it's time away for the family. It's not good family balance in the beginning, but they will have a better family balance in the end. Uh, those uh, who are in the middle stages of their career, they've now should be stepping back a little bit and should should understand that it's okay not to make money for a few days, right? Unless you've done a lot of mistakes, made a lot of mistakes, and your business is really faltering. It's more important for you to step away from your business so you can clear your head, go away with your family, go and literally don't do a staycation, literally go somewhere, clear out your brain, bring new energy and thoughts to your, your, your cycle and go back to your business reinvigorated, ready to roll again. And that to me is like that middle stage of life. And then you have really old, old people like me and, 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 you know, if you're not planning six or eight weeks vacations a year, your wife should or husband should divorce you. I mean, what are you doing with your time? Go away and enjoy your life while you can. So, you know, I look at it in those three stages. And by the way, yeah. it, the component of, well, if I'm closed, I don't make money, but I have to pay people. Get over it. <laughs> you know, it's it's OK. And the other component is you want to make money, then, you know, listen, there are plenty of folks out there. You bring in an associate OD, whatever the case may be, and start planning people listen folks don't plan their exit strategy to bring in associate ods either they think they're going to milk the cow for every last drop of milk on their own and only when they sell it let them bring in a new doctor you know where they could have made more money and had more time if they brought an associate od in sooner just foolish thinking all right so maybe i save the best question for last but what happens when the doctors say i really don't have time this year thanks for the advice but i i don't want to think about it if, if if we don't think about our businesses for 2024 and the next year after, what happens? I love that question. Um, <laughs> first of all, go grab a glass of bourbon or wine or whatever, whatever floats your boat and, and sit down and answer this question. Where are they now? This is the question. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about BlackBerry, Kodak, Polaroid, Xerox, JCPenney, Toys R Us, Sears, Pan Am, Blockbuster, Bed Bath Beyond. Where are they now? Right? You want to be on that list? Then don't think about 2024. Don't think about anything. Right? Just keep going on and being glad, glad that you think someone's doing the job they're doing. that Because you don't really know what they're doing. And you will join this list. Now, the other question is to ask yourself, are you on the list of reasons for failure? What are the reasons for failure? Yeah. And, and you know, not being an expert. Well, in many cases, you're not. Uh, ineffective marketing, uh, lack of long and short term goals and, and, and how you not just the goals, but the plan on how you're actually going to achieve the goals, a shared vision with your team 
which is, you know, only you know what you want. Nobody else who's working for you knows what you're really thinking about, right? Scott, you ran a mega organization. I've been to your meetings. I enjoy drinking your alcohol. And I'm going to tell you, I loved when you got up in front of the room. You were inspiring to people. There's no, you had the energy and the juice. And now you're old like me, but you had it once, you know, and, and then think about, do you really have the right people on the bus? Right. Are you carrying people on that bus that, you know, you should have let, let go? And I call uh, I refer to it as liberating people. Sometimes you need to liberate some people, get them off the bus or you have the right people on a bus, but they're not in the right seat. You know, you know, these are the reasons for failure. So for my questions, I leave you with this. Where are they now? Do you want to join the list? And what are your reasons for failure? That's really good. I, I've got this tremendous friend, uh, brand strategist. His name's Dave Getz. People can look him up. He's an inspiring man. And Dave has told me over and over again, as we've talked about so many business owners that the two of us have worked with, that business is hard. And it just takes a lot of lifting and effort. And so as we kind of let you have the last word, remind us what it takes to put on the, the pants every day and do it. Uh, you know, I'll share this with you. Um, I I could not have been successful without my wife. And, and I will absolutely say that. Because God knows why she stayed with me this whole time. Uh, the truth is, I received, and 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 this is this is really, you know, the 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 bolded print of an investment. I received an email late late 2014, early 2015 from Marriott. And Marriott was sending out emails, you know, thanking you for loyalty and thanking you. And they and basically told me, you said, you know, how many nights at the Marriott's you were and and you know, Marriott for life, this and and all those folks out there that have this extreme status, right? You know, diamond this and that, that means that you've completely look at how much time you've taken away from your family and quite frankly, in some cases, your business because you're traveling. But when I got that report card in late 14, 15, I did the math and I realized in a 15 year period of time, I spent seven years in hotels. That's what it takes to win. That's what it takes to win. Either that or make sure you play lotto every week and hope that it works out for you. Jay Binkowitz, as always, your motivation is second to none. Thanks for being a guest on today's Think Again podcast. My pleasure. Always good to see you, Scott. That's it for today's Think Again podcast, brought to you by GPN Visions, a peer-to-peer -peer learning community to help grow your eye care business. 